Hare Krishna, dear devotees. Welcome to another episode of Following Jayapataka Swami. Today, we are very fortunate to have with us directly from Perth, Australia, His Grace Ikshwaku Prabhu. Ikshwaku Prabhu is not a you know, unknown name or an unfamiliar face to many of us. So we are very, very happy to have you on uh, Following Jayapataka Swami today, Prabhu. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So Prabhu has been uh, Guru Maharaj's servant for a very long time, from the early 80s. And there's a lot of nectar that we can get from him about, you know, his uh, relationship uh, with Guru Maharaj. So Prabhu, just to start us off, would you like to tell us when did you first meet Guru Maharaj? I met Guru Maharaj a few months after I joined the ashram. I have been practicing Krishna consciousness um, for some time. I didn't know I was a member of ISKCON. <laughs> now I know. But in those days, being a member of ISKCON meant to join the ashram. But I have been following, chanting, and reading on my own, trying to be a Babaji, a yogi somewhere. Um, but then I decided to join. And after a few months, August, September, yeah, maybe three, four months after, Guru Maharaj came for a visit, uh, a brief visit. Uh, to Ecuador. I think he stayed for maybe less than 24 hours. Mm. And then he said he's going to come back. He's going to come back after maybe 10 days or something like that. He was on his tour. So he stopped there. Um, of course, I didn't, I mean, I knew that he was the guru of the of the zone and, and, and he was the, my spiritual master of several devotees. But I mean, I still remember the first day when I saw him, um, you know, the devotees in those days, pioneering days, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> we had a big house, so we were struggling to pay the house. We didn't have a car. You can imagine how the situation was. So the talk was um, that we needed a big car for Guru Maharaj, a, a decent car, you know, uh -huh. uh, more than a beaten up taxi. So my mother's friend, she had a Cadillac that used wow. to be from the American consulate. So wow. I asked her, I said, you know, big personality is coming. You mind lending us a car? She said, yeah, I can lend you the car, but if I drive. Actually, she was very fortunate, and she got a lot of mercy throughout the years by assisting the devotees using her car. And, yeah, sure enough, she went, and the authorities went. We were a bunch of bhaktas, Marichi, Prabhu, Seva, Divya, we were not uh, initiated. Some of them were initiated. Mm -hmm. Jumping up and down, and then we saw the car coming, and uh, and then I still have the the vision in my mind. The car was, I mean, we have polished it, we have cleaned it, and all that. But the car was like if the sun was was sitting inside the car. It was so bright. Him was an early morning. Uh, I don't know, maybe on a weekend. And uh, yeah, Guru Maharaj was there with his silk clothes and, you know, his bright and shining um, persona. He came out, you know, so tall and imposing, you know, it's just, it was amazing. I still have those, those memories fresh in my, in my mind. That's, That's in October, maybe October 84, something around that time. Yeah, and I think soon after that, you moved to Mayapur, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I um, I stayed in Ecuador for around three years. Okay. And Guru Maharaj was really pushing us to establish temples. Mm -hmm. We opened up three temples. We bought a farm. We opened also maybe two or three restaurants. It was a lot of preaching, big, big uh, programs. Uh, networking with the government, going to universities. It was like, you know, the, the, the Hare Krishna explosion in Ecuador version sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of was happening. But then I look back and I think it was only three years. Soon after that, um, I remember once I was talking to Guru Maharaj late at night before he went to bed after a big program. And he, he, um, he said that, you know, uh, uh, would you like to do some other services? And I said, well, Guru Maharaj, if you ask me, the, the, the service that I would like to do the most is to, is to serve you personally, is to be with you all the time. 
-hmm. He said, yeah, but you have responsibilities here. So what I said, look, it's up to you, whatever you decide. He said, oh, okay. So maybe you can join me in Mayapur. <laughs> and then I couldn't believe my ears. I said, wow. I threw my passport. I threw my IDs. I, you know, I wanted to be a Babaji of sorts. He says, okay, let's do one thing, sort your stuff out, and um, I'll wait for you in Mayapur. So that, that, that's how eventually I ended up, you know, after a few months, I was able to make it, um, and I, I met him in Mayapur. And I, that was uh, early 87. Uh, Early 87. Mm -hmm. yes, I, I and it's so nice to hear that. you talk about like how, you know, the devotees in the early days toiled so hard, so much service, you know, uh, and to make sure we have what we have today. So I think, you know, all the newer devotees and those, of, uh, those who are young should always remember this uh, sacrifices that, you know, the pioneering devotees uh, actually did for all of us and Guru Maharaj is of course one of them and you know the Mayapur project is a success mm -hmm. you know a lot of uh, the success is uh, contributed by Guru Maharaj so you were there in the 80s Prabhu can you tell us a little bit about uh, Guru Maharaj's contribution towards the success of uh, the Mayapur project we have today well you see arriving in Mayapur for me to be quite frank, and sometimes nowadays at some of these old photographs of Mayapur before the TOBP started are circulating mm -hmm. on social media. Yes. And, and those images are still so vivid in my mind because when I arrived to Mayapur, believe me, I, I it was just like entering the spiritual world. I mean, I know it's a spiritual world, but in my limited uh, consciousness, um, that was the equivalent of entering into the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. Especially when I saw Radha especially to see the love of the devotees, the Bengali devotees for Guru Maharaj, um, that, that was something that really impacted me so much that I remember that maybe after 20 minutes or so that Guru Maharaj told me, go and have darshan, because I was obsessed with him and I was just following everywhere. And he said, have you seen the deities? And then I said, no, no, Guru Maharaj, I haven't. He says, go and see the deities. So I went there and I... I was seeing the deities, and and um, just to to illustrate this point, mm -hmm. I remember that a few years after, maybe two or three years after, after a Gorpunim festival, mm -hmm. after Guru Maharaj uh, takes his safari group of devotees traveling around, and we have come back to Mayapur, and Guru Maharaj used to ask realizations from all of us participants, mm -hmm. and he asked. I remember uh, that question. And he said, uh, what is your realization after the festival? He asked everybody. And someone said, my realization is that I have been in Maya for so long. You know, so everyone laughed, Guru Maharaj liked it. Um, and the other one, more than a realization, was a question. Mm -hmm. And the devotee asked, why is it that every time we come to Mayapur, this is common for many, many devotees, when you come to Mayapur, it's like you never want to leave the place. I mean, I have seen the bodies cried and, you know, so many heart-to-heart -heart, uh, connections immediately manifested when you go to Mayapur. And Guru Maharaj answered this. And this answer actually is something that I have been thinking for a long time, for a few years. And he said, he said, you know, when Prabhupada says, come back home, back to Godhead, have you heard that statement? Have you heard that? Have you read that? So everyone nodded, yes, 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 Guru Maharaj. And he says, this is home. This is what Prabhupada meant. Mayapur is home. Mayapur is the home of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And thus, when we come here, we are home. This is back to Godhead. And then I understood, because that was my realization after a few minutes, just being there. I thought, this is my home, and I want to live here. Forever. <laughs> I had just a short visa, but I ended up staying a few years. I don't know how. But yeah. And now, in regards yeah. of the contribution, in regards of the contribution, I can say many, many things. Mm -hmm. um, my, my wife is not here to stop me <laughs> because uh, sometimes <laughs> I can go on and on. But one of the things that I could say 
and um, very graphically because many of these things you may say are subjective. You know, it's my guru and I have some, um, you know, a childish attachment to him and all that. But one thing that I saw him really take the reins or the position of the leader was, I believe, in 1988. After one year or more that had been there, the flood came, big flood. Oh. And, um, you know, it was kind of chaos, was an emergency. The flood came rushing. We didn't have the uh, communication systems like nowadays, mobile phones, internet, and all the rest. Two in the morning, everything started getting flooded. Um, the cows, the elephants, everything was chaos. And Guru Maharaj was in Calcutta on his way to his yearly, oh, bi-yearly, uh, no, yearly. He, he would travel around the world twice a year. So he was already in Calcutta. But then he heard that the flood is coming. Okay, so that's all what we knew. Running here and there with Daresh Prabhu, with Prembikash Prabhu and many others, trying to get Guru Maharaj things that they were kept in the go down. Uh, in the lower ground of the long building. It, he had a couple of rooms there. So all carrying things, putting them up, and the, the, the water kept rising, rising, rising. The Gurukul kids are uh, literally escaping from the Gurukul because the whole, you know, it's all mud and everything was going. You could see uh, animals floating, dogs and cows and things, not exaggerating, floating around because the water was rushing in, in, mm -hmm. in, in the Mayapur compound. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, at 10 o'clock, the word went out, Guru Maharaj is coming. Uh, and us, the servants, we were just a handful of servants, that is, Prambikash and a couple others, were told. Mm -hmm. So I remember we rushed to the long building to the roof, and we ran to that towards the end that faces the, the Ganga. And there I saw, and it's still... I remember that moment it was myself and Prem Bikash here. And then we saw Guru Maharaj coming in an outboard uh, boat, uh, outboard engine, orange in color. And he was coming in the front of the boat with a big turban, you know, truly like the captain of Mayapur coming. <laughs> in those days, he didn't have the, the stick. Remember the yeah. walking stick they used to have? Mm -hmm. Because the attack happened the next year. So he didn't have the stick. But all that was missing is just that stick as the captain of Mayapur coming in. And then they blew the siren. The alarms went off to announce that he was coming. And, um, you know, and I, I have that impression in my mind that how he was coming so confident. Like he was meant to do that. He was meant to lead the whole Mayapur project into what we're going to do now. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that these things, these floods happen. I have read something mm -hmm. that happens every so often. And the boat practically came through the main door, right, inside, and by uh, around nearby Prabhupada's uh, Bajan Kutir, and he loaded off from the boat. And there he was, I remember several of the leaders, Bhaktivya Purna Maharaj, uh, mm -hmm. Jananivas Prabhu, and the different leaders, his disciples, uh, Badracharya Prabhu, Dayara Prabhu, uh, I don't know if Bhakti Purushan Swami was there, but all the leaders were coming to, to him for guidance. But the water up to our waist, that was the interesting thing. And, and you know, immediately as a pamper uh, person that I am, I was looking for him to tell me something, you know, to give me some instruction. And I, I was observing his, his eyes, and he was just so clear, like he knew exactly what to do. And I remember Badracharu Prabhu came and he said, okay, you organize the kitchen on the roof of the long building. Gorni Thai Ditis should be up there and organize 24-hour kirtan for them. And then Jananias Prabhu will come and Bhaktivida Purna Maharaj. I don't remember all the details, but I remember that he said that, make sure that all the devotees are there. You have to make a post for medical assistance. What about the guru call? What's happening with the with the with the cows? What's happening with the elephants? Everyone start reporting, like, you know, the guru is meant to be the representative of Krishna. Yeah. And in the Krishna book, it is said that when Krishna will walk in Dwaraka, all the different um, personalities, all the different in charge, the department heads will come and show Krishna the accounts. 
and the reports and all that. It was exactly like that. And he will immediately, without you know, wasting a second, he will tell, do this, do that, and everyone will run to do exactly what he says. We have to move fast. And he was walking, walking, walking towards the deity to have darshan of Ramadava. As usually he does, he went pay obeisance in Prabhupada or you know, respects because the water was rising. And everyone was just moving things, moving uh, the goods and, and, and trying to self uh, save each other. Um, he was asking about the Matayis and the Westerners. And, you know, it, it was just amazing. So when I saw that, that scene for me represents, okay, this is what it means to be a leader. This is not just a position, just a name. He could have said, okay, they will manage. Krishna is controlling. I can continue with my seva. No, he stopped. Actually, the inside story is that he went to a, a rich um, life member, or a few of them. He got all the money, bought the, bo the boat, rode the boat from Calcutta to Mayapur, <laughs> brought the, the goods, <laughs> and then he saved the whole situation. Not only he did that, but then after that, every single day, because I was going with him, every single day, in the morning and in the afternoon, he will go with that boat full of, uh, what do you call those, uh, containers, big containers, uh -huh. um, like in uh, Santipur, when they distribute like that. A few of those, you know, three or four, and then we will go and distribute Prashadam to the villagers that they were sheltering themselves on top of the roofs everywhere, twice a day, every single day. And Guru Maharaj said that day, I won't shave until all this goes. <laughs> he asked that Ishra will give him my old clothes and, um, you know, my cotton clothes, this and that. He, he knew everything. It's like, not only that, but one thing that I observed from him is that he thrive on it. You know, sometimes when situations get tough, you think, oh, I'd rather don't deal with this. You know, awesome. okay, if I have to do it, okay, there's no one else, I'll do it. I could see he was thriving on it. You know, mm -hmm. of course, I was lucky enough to be his servant next to him. And added to that is that I was a good swimmer and he knew that I was a good swimmer. So he used me as, a, you know, as a chancham, <laughs> go swim here, go there, there. And I, I enjoy it. Imagine swimming like a private swimming pool. Oh, Mayapur was a big <laughs> swimming pool. And Guru Mai says, all right, go around there, go here, you know, swim there. <laughs> It was uh, such an enjoyable moment, but yeah, that that showed me that he's truly, um, he's truly, you know, like someone called him a Mayapur man, or mm -hmm. sometimes even his god brothers say he's Mister Mayapur. <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah, so, and uh, yeah. this also goes to show that you know he did not because he was traveling. He was supposed to go on his world tour. He did not just say, "Okay, I'm going to be traveling." So you guys do this, 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 you know, he just, he did not just give instructions. He was actually present. He canceled his trip and he came to Mayapur to uh, be in the forefront, you know. So that is actually a good uh, lesson for all of us to know how to be a good leader. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, so many things I can say, uh, you know, many details that are, but... That yeah. I think stays on the top of the list for me because if something like that comes, I tell you, most people actually will fly and actually many flee from Mayapur. Yeah. But he stayed till the very end, till the till everything was with until the water started receding, which was after I don't know maybe ten days or so, mm -hmm. and he he had meetings practically every day, and he mm -hmm. was right there distributing prasadam. You know, I mean, many details, cobras here running out of petrol in the middle of the Ganga. Mm -hmm. But he was there and he was, you know, fired up, fired up as usual. Like everything he does yeah. is fired up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very, very, even you know. now, even now after the stroke, you know, I don't think the fire has died down. You know, he's no. just, he's just uh, focused on serving Srila Prabhupada. Prabhu, you have traveled with Guru Maharaj. I understand that you traveled around the world. And I also know that you were in Malaysia for some time, but I'm not sure yeah. if that was part of uh, the travel with Guru Maharaj. But yeah. please tell us some travel-related pastimes with Guru Maharaj. You see, in those days when I arrived 
to Mayapur, um, Guru Maharaj had the practice of traveling with one assistant uh, mm -hmm. around India when it was possible. Sometimes he would travel on his own. And at the most in Asia or Southeast Asia. I traveled with him to Bangladesh, to Nepal, to Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, and some parts in South India. Um, as you and many will know, Guru Maharaj is very, very conscious of Lakshmi, right? Mm -hmm. He always remembered, and many times he scolded me for being a bit careless about money, uh, uh, that Prabhupada himself got on his case a few times mm -hmm. because of 10 rupees or something and why it wasn't written and you know so so he's very 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 careful with money so now you know his world tour he's around the world tour he will generally uh, travel on his own he only start traveling with uh, a companion and that after a lot of uh, canvassing from Bhakti Purushottam Maharaj and senior leaders that were saying, no, it's not, it's not. Because you see, after his attack in 89, yeah. when he came back, um, I, I, to some extent, we could say his life changed. Yeah. You know, um, many of us, we thought this is not something that would ha happen, mm -hmm. but it happened. You know, someone tried to take his life. And um, so after a lot of reluctance, he accepted. And uh, I understand uh, Shingeshwar Prabhu and the Malaysian devotees had to do a lot with that, convincing him and, and collecting funds for him to travel with a companion. So from that day onwards, in 89, Guru Maharaj never, uh, from what I understand, he traveled alone. Uh, so he would always travel with someone around the world. Otherwise, he would travel with someone sometimes in Southeast Asia, as I said, in South India or around India. Um, as I said, I didn't travel, you know, to America or South America with him. Mm -hmm. But I traveled in in South India, uh, yeah, mostly South India, sometimes Bangladesh, Nepal, and different places like that. Um, you see, I, 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 anyway, we are in confidence here, but you know, family talk. But I, I always compare these, and I don't know, I hope I don't verge into the, uh, into the line of uh, contempt being, being too familiar with Guru Maharaj. But the way that I see Guru Maharaj is like, you see, Krishna says in the beginning of chapter 9 that this devotional service is performed very happily, right? Very happily. Susukam, you know? And, and you see devotees enjoying prasadam, you see devotees enjoying dancing, devotees enjoying certain services. Mm -hmm. But Guru Maharaj is like a, like a, you know, I have three kids, right? And so I know what little boys are when oh, wow. you know, yes. they were little, right? Very energetic, very adventurous, very playful. And that's, that's I, I think, the, the, the best way that I can describe Guru Maharaj. I mean, so pure, so um, enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. it's it's like a game you know sometimes we will do devotional service and we think okay it's my duty you know i have to do mm -hmm. i have to go out and do books i have to put up with this situation with these people or whatever it is <laughs> but guru maharaj is like he relishes he relishes this and traveling i think is one of his favorite games if we may say okay play time let's travel you know so uh, traveling with him if i may you know, make a generic comment. Mm -hmm. For him, I think, you see, he, he travels specifically mm -hmm. because Prabhupada ordered him. Yes. Right? And you know the pastime, some of you know the pastime, that, you know, Prabhupada said to Guru Maharaj, and many times mm -hmm. also he said, that because he had made so many devotees in America mm -hmm. and around the world, Europe, etc., many of his parents, sorry, many of the parents of such devotees, uh -huh. were annoyed with Prabhupada doing that, right? Just like in the Bhagavatam, those stories that Narada Muni came and yeah. preached and they were cursed, etc. So they cursed him. He says that we hope that this man doesn't come and steal our boys and daughters, our children, you know, our sons and daughters. Yeah. So Guru uh, Prabhupada was narrating this to um, Guru Maharaj in Mayapur. And then he said, you are sannyasi, so you should take the curse. <laughs> of continuously traveling 
like that. And you know how Guru Maharaj it is. He takes something from Prabhupada and immediately he applies it. Yeah. So in my own speculation, uh, I think that as soon as he start traveling, and those mm -hmm. who have the opportunity to be close to him, uh, whether in the early days or nowadays, you can see as soon as um, traveling is about to happen, Guru Maharaj mm -hmm. puts in a certain gear. You know, it's a certain energy. Uh -huh. And that energy is, uh, you know, like a Wi-Fi, like a router. You know, you have a strong signal, right? Uh -huh. And the energy can be felt in every single secretary and servant and whoever comes around at that time. It's like a beehive, you know? And Guru Maharaj is yeah. sitting there, like, you know, charging his battery, thinking mm -hmm. about what is his mission, where is he going to go, checking with Mahabharata in this case or with other secretaries at that time. What is the next step? Have you contacted this? What are we going to do here? It's a hundred little details. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. From what I have seen him uh, 10 minutes before leaving Mayapur. This is recently, a few years ago. Uh -huh. He's about to go down. The ambulance is there. The bus is there. There are 200 devotees doing kirtan. You know, the whole thing. The whole circus is happening. Mm -hmm. And he's there. Um, Mahabharata Prabhu may come and say, Hey, Chuck, we're going to see what's happening. Guru Maharaj, tell him to hurry up. This and that. And he's there. I answered, No, Guru Maharaj, we're waiting. <laughs> and he's there trying between uh -huh. deciding between three or four jackets which one looks better, uh -huh. which one fits better, which one is more practical to take. He is amazing. He does so many things, but at the same time, he's like, in control of time. And he's trying it, and he's showing, and everyone's laughing. <laughs> the Guru Maharaj people are waiting for you. We're going to be late. You have to stop here, Rajpur, this, that, the other. So traveling for him, it's like a favorite service, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way that I say childish um, game sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, like with Prabhupada, Airports have become part of Guru Maharaj Lila, have become theaters. Yeah. I remember moments in the Calcutta airport, in Bangkok airport, in the different airports. And those moments also I have seen perhaps like, like mini temples. You know, devotees crying, giving first, yeah. <laughs> second initiation. I don't know if I can say this. You know. I have heard him giving um, the Gayatri Mantra practically between glass doors, you know, on the, in, on the ear of somebody, the last moment couldn't come because of this and that. So many extreme and dramatic uh, manifestations of love between guru and disciple in, in these airports. That is one thing. And as I said, generic, because we don't have that much time. Um, yes. but, but also on the airplane itself, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, I remember once, I remember once uh, we were traveling South India. Mm -hmm. um, so it was Chennai, Bangalore, and uh, Coimbatore. Okay. So we were stopping in one place. We had, we had a tour like that. Mm -hmm. So we will stop in a couple of cities, and then we will uh, offload in one city, and then we will travel back after mm -hmm. some days like that. And, and, and I remember um, in one particular city, uh, he was coming from Middle East. So I met him in Chennai, I believe. And uh, he had brought, Ganga Prabhu was there. He was a temple president at that time in Chennai, Madras. Mm -hmm. uh, and he had brought a bag of particular type of fruits and nuts and things like that for giving to the deities in one of those mm -hmm. cities. And uh, he told me to pack them somewhere. And, um, you know, I packed them, like, as I thought he told me. But it happened that I packed them in the wrong bag. So uh, at the moment of, of uh, uh, stopover, you know, we had some time, uh, he pulled the bag that was not the bag that has the fruits in. Mm -hmm. And then when he opened them, and then he called me, he said, where are the fruits? And then I said, I put them in the other bag. He says, no, I told you in, you know, so it was a confusion. It was a mistake. And my heart sank, you know, because, you know, in those days, you know, traveling with the uh, guru, Swami, Sanyasi, Acharya Paras, we used to call him. 
he was heavy. <laughs> so he gave me the sauce right there in the tarmac. And he told me, right now you do whatever it is, but you get that back from that plane. And I want those fruits out because I'm supposed to give to these deities. I promise them I will bring this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I went and I, 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 I lied to the guards and to the, you know, to the uh, airline officers. I said, look, mm-hmm. uh, my Guru Maharaj, my Swami here, uh, he has a heart condition. And I need to take, I need to take some medicines. You have to allow me. I'll tell to, and I remember there those, you know, the old uh, rifles and the mustache uh, soldiers, you know, and they were there. And I told yeah. the guy from there, and I said, look, if these guys are going to shoot me, I don't care, but I'm going to get that back. He says, no, 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 sir. We will get them. No problem. So they brought down the, the, the bag and I was able to take the fruit. I took, it was a bag, a uh, black bag. And they says, so many medicines, it was full of fruit. <laughs> so many sentences, yes, yes, you know, Swamiji. <laughs> but, you know, whatever he was, it takes. You know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. But, you know, it's like sometimes we may think, you know, like when you travel, okay, you, you, you check in, you, you, you pack, you, you, you check your bags, and that's it. You sit and you wait 10 hours, 12 hours, 4 hours, whatever the flight takes. With Guru Maharaj, it's never like that. It's always somebody that he wants to preach, something that he wants to do. It's like constantly, it's amazing. It's like a traveling temple full of activities, you know? And there you are, tired, your mind, you know, (laughs) already overwhelmed with so many challenges. But he's like nothing. You know, this this is fun. Come on, we have to carry on having fun, you know? So yeah, traveling is one of the most intense services. That's why, believe me, and I say this as a message to everyone, those devotees who are able to travel, especially like, you know, for long runs, like Mahabharata Prabhu, Ekanat Prabhu, and some others that have lasted for so long, I tell you, these people are like the greatest because the amount of uh, mental stamina, mental and physical stamina yes. that you require to travel with Guru Maharaj is amazing. Even in this condition, even more so in this condition. Yes. Anyway, as I said, there are, there are many, many, many details, but what I say is that Guru Maharaj makes traveling even a very devotionally intense mm-hmm. experience. That's a really nice term that you uh, brought out there, traveling temple. I think, you know, (laughs) this can be the new, like, you know, description for Guru Maharaj. And it's just so amazing to hear because we know that uh, Guru Maharaj is basically thinking that I am going to go to this new place and I'm going to meet all these devotees. And I'm probably going to meet some new devotees that they have preached to. And he's just waiting to inspire everyone. And every time he comes to a place, that place just transforms. You know, we we all have seen how that uh, happens. And another good point that you brought out, Prabhu, is about the caretakers, the people who travel with Guru Maharaj, like Mahavara Prabhu, Ekanath Prabhu, and the rest. You know, there's so many of them, especially now. And mm-hmm. we, uh, as devotees who are receiving them uh, on in whichever city or town we may be in, we I think we have to also take care of them. You know, because these are our God brothers, you know, mostly God brothers who are really mm-hmm. giving their life to serve mm-hmm. Guru Maharaj in a different capacity than how we are serving Guru Maharaj. So whenever they come to our place, we have to make sure that they are also taken care, you know, as as good as Guru Maharaj. And I think that will make Guru Maharaj really happy as well. Yeah. And the same thing that you're describing now, the, mm-hmm. the effervescence of Guru Maharaj traveling. I have seen it in Malaysia, I have seen it in South India, I have seen it in South America, I have seen it here in Australia, everywhere. He has a certain energy that, uh, you know, he used to joke uh, uh, with me about my fanatism. You know, sometimes I would glorify him and sometimes he says, you're a fanatic, you know, like that. Sometimes he will punch me like that on, on, my, on my arm, you know, joking me like that. He's very very manly in, in that sense, you know, he likes to joke with his devotees and things like that. And uh, I have seen that it's an electrifying energy that yeah. 
that even, um, as I said, when he comes, because you may understand in South India or, or in India in general, people are respectful mm -hmm. of Swamis, and many yeah. people know him, you know, Jataka Swami, he always giving out prasadam, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But in the West, you know, he's, he's, he's strange, he's like a monk and how it is. But I saw once he was coming here in Perth, and there were some people, surfers, you know, Australian is a surfing mecca. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and as soon as I, uh, I approached him, you know, even before any, you know, Gumaraj accept my, you know, the whole protocol, he says, look, there are some surfers because he knows, he calls me a beach bum. No, I like the waves and the beach and, you know. And then he immediately he told me, look, there are some surfers. They're interested. Go and give them our details. When is going to be the next program? So I'm, I'm wanting to be with him. And he, he sent me, he says, he says, I said, but Guru Maharaj, how am I going to identify it? And he looked at me, he said, Baba, the surf, the surfboards. Go there where they are picking up their, their luggages. And you see there's, you know, some girls and some guys, you know, you just tell them, you know, that the Swami that they spoke to, um, and we are having a program in such and such place and invite them. That's all. We don't know that they may come or not. So sure enough, I had to obediently just go and check for the surfboards and tell them, look, uh, the Swami, he, he spoke to you and he want, he would like you to come. We have a yoga session, a session and, and, you know, and then we're like, you know, but when I saw them, the, the amazing thing is when I saw them, because, you know, many people traveling with uh, surfboards in, in Australia. Yeah. But when I saw them, and I saw their bright in, the brightness in their face. I knew these are them <laughs> because they were so happy <laughs> when I came and I saw them and they were like, oh, yes, yeah, he's so cool. He's so nice. He's such. Oh, wow. You know, he's such a sweet. Uh, yeah, he's so cool. And then I knew these people were the ones that he spoke. He He, he carries around that spiritual energy he's just nice he has such a heart that people get touched by him the hostesses you know the air hostesses mm -hmm. and different people you know what to do you know he's just a, uh, he has such a charisma and such a magnetic yes. personality that just you can't help it but like him that, you know. exactly Prabhu I know you're doing a many services now it's so inspiring I've uh, you know um attended some of your classes that you're doing online these days. So can you tell us a little bit of what kind of services you're doing now and how has Guru Maharaj inspired you to do them? We have, uh, this will be the last question so you can wrap it up. <laughs> well, Guru Maharaj, um, he has many things I would say in his heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would say, you know, you, you get to know people when they open your heart or you get, you, when you get to know their heart. What is that they love? What is there's a saying here? What makes you tick, right? Yeah. So your heart is ticking. What makes it tick? Mm -hmm. And what I have realized that are a few things, and he says that I think it's a famous quote that goes around, that he can talk about three things: congregational preaching, Mayapur, mm -hmm. and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yes. Right? Yeah, of course. So um, you know, as I said. The first time I went to Mayapur, I felt this is home. This is this is my home. My Guru Maharaj lives up here. You know, I used to live sleep in the in the roof or in the balconies in those days, like all the brahmacharis we used to do. And uh, so that's 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 home. Guru Maharaj always wanted me to come to Mayapur to stay or spend significant time of my year there. So that was my my long uh, time desired. To go back to Mayapur. Finally, I was able to to wrap my things up here, and I went to to live in Mayapur to be closer to him. Mm -hmm. So, in regards of that, I'm there, and I also volunteer my services for different areas uh, in the secretariat. He has a number of secretaries mm -hmm. for disciple care, his personal office, uh, correspondence, mm -hmm. and different projects. We have like around 40 projects. And we all volunteered to help in different areas. But one particular project that he has is congregational preaching, mm -hmm. helping the devotees to, um, to create congregations, develop congregations, to train them, to maintain them, and also to care for them. Yeah. So uh, for the whenever I came to Australia in the year 2000, I spent here around 12, 13 years. And I was working here as a social worker, and I was trained as a professional counselor. So when I went to Mayapur, 
then I thought, okay, my professional life is over and I can now preach and, and I like to do Gita presentations and, and techniques how to understand it and present it and develop certain mm -hmm. things, tricks and techniques for mm -hmm. learning, remembering and preaching the Gita. So I said, Guru Maharaj, now I can fully devote to this. And then he said, no, whatever you learn in university, whatever you learn in your professional experience as a counselor, I want you to use it for the Vaishnavas, for Srila Prabhupada's movement, he said. So sure enough, after a few weeks being in Mayapur, he will refer some people. And, um, and then I start developing a training, training for, for the devotees, how to counsel devotees, principles of communication, addressing certain issues, etc. So we develop in the Congregational Development Ministry a, a, a course, is the Vaishnava Life Counseling course. And we have been invited by the mercy of Guru Maharaj, by these blessings, to China, to America, to different countries, mm -hmm. Middle East, um, and train devotees how to, how to take care of each other. Because that's something that is very, very um, close to Guru Maharaj's heart. Yes. And I still remember, and this I have to say publicly, <laughs> mm -hmm. because this is a like, private uh, experience, but... Um, Guru Maharaj called me um, a few times to his roof. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, not him directly, but Mahabharata, one of the assistants. Yeah. And they say, you know, Guru Maharaj wants you up here. So I'll rush, you know, um, a good hike up to the roof. And I'll enter there, you know, Guru Maharaj, yes. And then I will see one devotee or sometimes a couple. Okay. And Guru Maharaj, Guru Maharaj will say, stay here. All right. In the beginning, I didn't understand. I didn't know what was happening. So there was a whole session, we may call mm -hmm. it. Somebody suffering from depression, thinking that it's not worth living. Mm -hmm. Somebody having problems with their marriage. Mm -hmm. Somebody wanting to leave, um, you know, the movement or the service or, mm -hmm. you know, different, different things. Yeah. Some trauma, some things. So I was, you know, sheepishly just standing on the side, just seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I remember after the first or second session, he would ask me, um, you know, everyone finished, concluded, there was closure, pay obeisance, everything, blessings, mm -hmm. and people would leave. And then he would tell me, how did I do? And I said, how, how did you do what, Guru Maharaj? Like usual, you do your magic. How do you do it? How can you ask? Part of the audience, how the magician has done his magic. I don't know how you did your magic. You, know? you move everyone to tears. You you encourage everyone. You make everyone repentant or whatever mistakes they did. How do you do it? I don't know how you did it. And he says, no, be objective. Assess my counseling skills. Wow. And I, I, could, I couldn't believe this. This is, as I said, I, now I have the platform to say it publicly. I mean, such humility, you know, it's just yeah. like... How he that has, you know, 50 years of experience and God knows lifetimes and eternal uh, empowerment, spiritual empowerment to save people, asking me, you know, he says, no, I want you to give me my, your uh, objective professional mm -hmm. assessment. What did I do right? What could I have done better? You know, he's very, very practical, very specific about what he's looking for. And I said, well, you know, I said, you heard the problem. So you, mm -hmm. you understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. You heard both sides. You ask for solutions or options. You help them to negotiate, you know. Mm -hmm. Also, you gave some <clears throat> direction or, or you uh, uh, suggested certain things referring to Prabhupada or to, you know, the Acharyas or the Shastras. And, and, and it was just like, it was just perfect, Guru Maharaj. You just say, I give you 10 over 10 or more than that, if possible. You know, but several times, not only once, but several times. So that's one thing that I, I can see that Guru Maharaj is very, very concerned about devotees um, uh, struggling, uh, not with Krishna consciousness itself, but with their own mind and relationship and traumas and, 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 and you know, they're featured in Krishna consciousness. It's very, yeah. very, very um, close to his heart. And and just just to wrap it up, I don't know how much time, but you are the boss. 
You tell me. We have time. One, yeah, go ahead. One devotee mm -hmm. who has been thinking to take his life. I'm not telling you this one. Wow. <laughs> it's a little bit intense, but wow. was taking to take take his life. Mm -hmm. And the wife got to know. Uh -huh. Okay. So the word went out and they asked me to, you know, intervene and, and, and try to do something. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I spoke to the devotee and I spoke to Guru Maharaj. And I said, Guru Maharaj, in this case, I think that the best thing to do is that you yourself, um, yeah. you know, give some words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, so we arrange after darshan, you know, the darshans at night that sometimes Guru Maharaj used to give. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, we went with a devotee, <clears throat> we got everyone out because of very, very confidential. Yeah. And, um, you know, Guru Maharaj, he said to him, why do you want to leave us? Mm. And then the devotee, you know, start crying and this problem, that problem, this issue, that issue. Mm -hmm. And then Guru Maharaj said, yeah, but what I have done. <laughs> Why, if you leave us, you're leaving me. What I have done, you know, what I have done so you want to leave me because you would be leaving me too. Yeah. <laughs> you see, in my years of experience, I, I am trained, well-trained in suicide prevention and self-harm and all those things. I work as a mm -hmm. leader, center manager of a mental health support program here. Mm -hmm. I never saw anybody that approach. I mean, he went right onto his heart. He grabbed his heart and then the devotee, you can imagine, he just broke down and and then, you know, because Guru Maharaj can sense people. He can he can read yeah. people. He knows your heart just by seeing you. He knows yeah. what are your weaknesses. He knows what is that you need, even without much asking. So he spoke a few words and then he put his hand like this, right? Like we men do, you know, like and then he yeah. put his hand out like this. And then, the, 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 you know, his Guru Maharaj stretched his hand out. And then the devotee came and, you know, like, you know, timidly, he just went and grabbed his hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Guru Maharaj said, don't leave me, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, what did he say? He said, I'm not leaving you, so you should not leave me, okay? And then I was like, you know, everyone, you know, was like, come on, you know, this is amazing. And the body paid raisins, and he was, you know, tearing, and I says, Guru Maharaj, I promise you, I will not. Okay, go. And then, again, the usual thing, and Guru Maharaj, after he left, he says, so, how did I do? <laughs> I said, Guru Maharaj, I never have seen a session like this. If I could have recorded to train people how to help others to prevent them to taking their life or harming themselves in any way, this is the best session I have uh, have even imagined seeing, you know. So Guru Maharaj has that. He has that. Uh, he, he, one time he was in here in Perth, mm -hmm. and he was giving a class at night. Mm -hmm. Actually, the the line was that he would just do interviews, and there won't be class. Okay. Somehow I forgot exactly how what were the details, but somehow between the leaders here, Sitaram Prabhu and others, we have concluded there is no class. So the announcement was there is no class, right? <clears throat> Guru Maharaj had said something like, we will see or something like that, you know, because there was a tight schedule. And um, and then time after the Sandhya Arti came and he was busy and then he said, so what time is class? And I said, no, no, Guru Maharaj, there's no class. What do you mean it's no class? Who said there's no class? And then I was like, no, he said, you said, you. Said, Guru Maharaj, but you know, he says, listen, Go and announce everybody that there is class. I will be giving even a short class. And um, so there was no class, we thought. There was no prashadam arrangement, you know, of course. And then and then I just <laughs> tried to justify. I, I said, Gurumaj, there's no prashadam arrangement. He says, listen, just get people and have some faith. <laughs> Many times he says this to me, have some faith. We start calling people. The devotees came. We had an, This is pre-stroke. Nice, nice program. And then we were, you know, uh, whispering to each other, hey, can you bring some sweets? Can you get some, can you cut some fresh, um, fruits or something? Anyway, it turned out to become a feast. And then <laughs> everyone became so enthusiastic because the word was out. 
We don't want to go to this class. He's not happy. There's no prashadam arrangement. Let's do something. So everyone started rushing. It was like like the miracle of the of the of the fish of the bread in the Bible. <laughs> if those who are familiar about it. And it was like an amazing, he gave such an amazing class, such an amazing class. All what I remembered of it is that he was literally pouring his heart out. Mm -hmm. He was talking about Panihati. He was talking about, you know, typical Lord Chaitanya's uh, movement and his mood and his magnanimity and all that. I remember he was just like pouring his heart out. Mm -hmm. and, and everyone was so ecstatic. It was just a simple class of the Bhagavad Gita. That's it. So he said, okay, now you go and take, you take prasadam and, um, you know, enjoy, haribo, haribo. So he went and he um, stand in front of the deities, was praying, and then he went to his room in the corridor and I followed him. And then the devotees were meant to take prasadam. And I was so ecstatic. And I said to Guru Maharaj, I said, Guru Maharaj, you should write a book. <laughs> you know, and, and he's, I mean, he he's emotional in one sense, as you can see when he he claps, he cries, he shouts. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand, he's a very pragmatic person, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes he switches from one to the other, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't want he he doesn't um, what do you call uh, uh, prompt these materially emotional uh, you know mm -hmm. approaches. Sometimes you know he he gets very. Uh, objective. So he looked at me very stern and he said, a book about what? <laughs> and like he caught me. And then I said, a book about being nice. Guru Maharaj, you're such a nice person. You know, just, <laughs> you can just sit there and you don't have to even say anything. Just, just being nice. Yeah. People are attracted to Krishna consciousness. People are inspired by you. Mm -hmm. You're just you're just a nice person. How to be nice? And then he said something like, "Wow, yeah, that would be a yeah, that would be a bestseller. How to be nice?" <laughs> like sarcastic. And you're like such a fanatic. He always jokes about me. Um, but uh, yeah, he is just a wonderful person to be around. I I often say this past time, but I remember once Ekanath Prabhu came a few years ago. We had a retreat. And, um, you know, many of the new devotees were serving Guru Maharaj close to him. And, and, and then we saw our, our opportunity to go to the beach because we were next to the beach. And, you know, I love the beach and, 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 and Ekanat, he doesn't mind. <laughs> so he says, you know, we got a little boat. Come on, Ekanat, let's go. So we were there and, you know, it was such a beautiful situation, sun and, 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 and devotees and Guru Maharaj there. Beautiful place. Australian beaches are one of the best, some of the best. And I asked this question to Ekanat Prabhu. I said, um, Ekanat, how, how is it that you lasted for so long? I mean, I stayed a few years and I got married and, you know, I, 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 I didn't continue to travel with him. But you, you know, despite being married and, 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 and all the rest, you have traveled for him, with him for a long, long, long time. How did you do it? <laughs> and I remember this, this answer that he gave. He said, because being with Guru Maharaj is fun. That's the simple, I thought, you know, maybe a philosophical thing, or, yeah. you know, this, and I have realization, because being with Guru Maharaj is fun. And that's what I, I refer to what Krishna says in the Gita, that this devotional service is performed very happily. Susukam, very happily. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we come close to Guru Maharaj, Immediately, everyone smiles, everyone feels energetic. I have heard stories, many stories in different parts, that as soon as Guru Maharaj has arrived to that city, mm -hmm. people that never have met him have experienced something is going on, right? Something, this day is different. I have yeah. heard several stories. And then they happen to have, have come to the temple, been invited to the program, to Guru Maharaj classes or some function, and then they meet this person, and that person changed their lives. You know, it, it's like that. And I have seen that since my early days as a bhakta. Mm -hmm. You know, I have friends, my mother, my relatives. They saw him till today, after the '89 attack, yeah. after the 2008 stroke, mm -hmm. after the many uh, emergencies, uh, 
air, you know, uh, what do you call uh, ambulance, uh, you know, air flights and all the, the, the lilas that he had, near-death experiences, etc. double transplant. Still, there is something that some of my friends, some of my relatives, they say, how is your guru? How is Acharya Pan? How is Jayapataka Maharaj? You know, because he's such a nice person that you just can't forget him. You know, and, and according to the Shastra, just one instant of, mm -hmm. of association with such persons yes. can give affection. So it is very important for us disciples to value that, to appreciate that in in one purpose. Whatever we can do mm -hmm. while the presence of the spiritual master in the yeah. planet, you try to do. Prabhupada says, yeah. even just bring him some water. Do something, whether to his bapu, his form, or to his bani, right? Yeah. So while he's here, we have to take the most advantage of that mm -hmm. and help each other. That's another yeah. thing, you know? So these are some of my realizations and, you know, spoiled and pampered as I am. I'm always depending on, on his mercy. And, uh, and I always say, if it wouldn't be for him, I'm sure he wouldn't be here. That I can say. Doesn't matter how much I like the Gita or how merciful Prabhupada is. Mm -hmm. If it be for Guru Maharaj, I would certainly not be here. That's I, I owe him that. So, you know, I, I, I hope that uh, we're able to maintain that consciousness, mm -hmm. uh, avoid offenses to the devotees and, and to him, of course. And But one thing for sure, those of us, his disciples or aspiring disciples, you know, he knows how to put you in place. If you are sincere, <laughs> if you are committing a mistake and you go close yes. to him, he will let you know. He will mm -hmm. let you know somehow, whether ignoring yeah. you, dicing you or something, but he will let you know. He's truly a representative of Krishna. Exactly. And he's also our well-wisher. You know, sometimes a lot of people talk about being nice and sometimes people are fake uh, they exhibit fake niceness. So they try to, mm -hmm. you know, um, keep you happy. Even if you're doing something wrong, they just, you know, keep you happy. They don't say anything against it. But Guru Maharaj has a kind of niceness, which is not yeah. like that, which is not fake. He is yeah. our true well-wisher, like a parent, you know. Parents might scold us, might, you know, reprimand us. But, you know, we know that they are our well-wishers. True. True. Yeah. And so, Prabhu, this was a very wonderful session and I'm sure you have so much more to share with everyone. And that is why we are going to be bringing Prabhu back again next week to talk more about these wonderful pastimes. And today's pastime, if I want to wrap it up, I think I would say that it was so amazing to hear how from the flood days, you know, that flood pastime that you mentioned, how Guru Maharaj was taking care of people's physical needs. Like, you know, do you have water? Do you have food? Are you like, you know, drowning in the flood? You know, he took care of uh, uh, the physical needs of people. And then when you went on to talk about other things, like how, you know, he counseled devotees, this also showed that he uh, also takes care of the emotional needs of devotees. So he's like an all-rounder, you know? Exactly. That's the word. Yes. All-rounder so guru. <laughs> yes, Exactly. And, you know, I think many of us can vouch for it uh, from our personal experiences uh, as well. You know, I think I have a few experiences with Guru Maharaj where, you know, he took care of me uh, in terms of like, you know, like physical things, like, you know, whether I have enough uh, uh, money to do this or do that. And then also emotionally, when I had certain problems, how he helped me. And I think each one of us have some experiences like that with Guru Maharaj. It's so beautiful to hear whatever you had to say, Prabhu. And I thank you so much. And I can't wait to have you again next week. We have some great comments coming in saying that, you know, these are very nice, intimate uh, re uh, collections and very inspiring. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's another one from Chudamani Mataji. She always tunes in. And she gives a beautiful comment. So she said, Hare Krishna, the first disciple to travel with Guru Maharaj as his bodyguard post the 1989 incident was Mahakrama from the yes. UK. Yeah, yes. so we have to get all these devotees as well to come on this following Jayapataka Swami. 
Uh, sure. He passed so, away, unfortunately. He passed away. Already. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, God bless his But I can talk, I can talk about, about him. Also, I traveled with him and Guru Maharaj to Bangladesh yeah. and to a few places in Malaysia, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll put a note uh, for next yeah. week uh, to talk about it. Sumalini Lalita also yeah. said that she loved the whole interview. So thank you so much, Prabhu. I think what whatever you said was just so... You know, it, every week, you know, especially for me doing this every week, you know, I really have to thank Janaki Raman Prabhu for giving me this service because it just yeah. uh, uh, reassures me of like, you know, yeah. Guru, uh, it just increases my faith in Guru Maharaj so much. And yes. thank you for doing that for me and for everyone who's thank listening. Hare thank Krishna. You, thank Prabhu. you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Nanda was too well. Hare Krishna.